Hello, everyone, and welcome to Play by Play. It's the Jamie Yarrow Podcast. We're the podcast that you rely on for your daily dose of everything from business to wellness to parenting and sports. You get it all here. And we don't just talk about it. We give you the play-by-play, the details. You can find us on your favorite podcast listening platform. Just search the letters PXP. You should be able to find us no problem. And if you like what you hear, please give us a five-star rating and subscribe. Share with your friends and family. That would be the greatest compliment that you could give us. Now, let's get ready for today's play-by-play. I am Jammin' Jamie, and kickoff is counting down. Well, good morning, good afternoon, and good evening, wherever you may be listening today. I'm coming to you live from the Clawfest for episode number 22. If you saw on Instagram or Facebook earlier today, this episode is going to be giving you some practical tips that you can use and put in place immediately when it comes to leading or attending meetings. So I want to ask you just right out the gate, how many times have you been invited to a meeting and thought, this is going to be an absolute, complete waste of my time. Or maybe you have participated in a meeting that turned out to be an absolute waste of your time. Uh, How many times have you walked away from a meeting and wondered, what did we even just talk about? I don't think we accomplished anything. Or maybe you finished a meeting and you had no idea who was responsible for what. Perhaps you were the one that was leading the meeting and you had zero participation from the people that were attending the meeting, and you just don't know where to turn next. Well, that's what I want to talk to you about today. Have you had any of those things happen? Maybe all of those things that I just mentioned? Can I give you some great news? You are not alone. You're not. I mean, you and about one billion of your closest friends in the world have felt the exact same way that you have felt. This is the way that so many meetings go. But today, we're going to tackle some of those issues. And I have some great ideas that will help you to be the best meeting leader or facilitator, uh, if that turns out to be the case, or if you're an attendee of the meeting, for you to get the most out of that time that you're spending together with the other people in that room. All right, so you ready? You got something to write with? If not, push pause, go get your piece of paper. You may want to take some notes today. And here we go. So first off, the first thing that we want to think about when we're having a meeting or when we're calling a meeting, so I'm going to talk to you today in in sort of two general terms, like you're the meeting holder, you called the meeting, or you're a meeting attendee, and I'll try to delineate as I go through. And so the first one, number one on the list, you're a meeting facilitator, you're a meeting caller, you are the one calling the meeting, you need to ask yourself before you even schedule that meeting, do we even need to have a meeting, right? So what is the purpose of the meeting? I think so oftentimes we, uh, as as meeting callers, we get we want to get together to have a meeting because we just feel like it's maybe the right thing to do or it's, it's what's expected in the organization or we want everyone to feel like there is collaboration, so we get together and have a meeting. When actually, sometimes it may be that we just need to get with one or two folks and solicit some opinions or bounce some ideas, and maybe we just need to come up with that answers on our own. Maybe there's no need to have a big meeting. If the purpose of the meeting is to 
disseminate information and that's solely the purpose of the meeting. So you're going to stand up and you're just going to disseminate information. You probably need to rethink whether that needs to be in the form of a meeting. Is there another way to disseminate information? Because oftentimes, more times than not, a meeting is not the best way to just purely disseminate information. When you're thinking about, do I need to have a meeting? Think about this. And there's going to be outliers to all of the things that I'm talking about today. So what I'm going to tell you today, are they're not all hard and fast rules. But by and large, I'm going to give you some good information that will hold true most of the time. When you're trying to decide, do I want to have a meeting? Think, think to yourself, do I need help solving a problem? Like, do I want to uh, solicit information from the rest of the team? Do I want collaboration on a particular uh, decision or a project? Do I want to tap into the knowledge and the experience of the people that I'm working with? And if those things are true, if that's your purpose for having a meeting, then yeah, you probably do need to have a meeting. If the meeting is for you to stand up there and just share information, uh, maybe not. I think you need to rethink that. Okay, so first off, number one, you need to decide, do we need to even have a meeting? When you decide, yep, I got to have a meeting. The next thing that you need to do is you need to put together an agenda. So there's a million different ways that you can format your agenda. Um, I recommend that you keep it simple. There are a lot of uh, templates that you can go online and find. The goal is to give yourself a roadmap to kind of get through the meeting, right, on a organized fashion. And you're going to send this agenda out in advance. And so we want to provide the meeting attendees with uh, the idea and the topics and the, you know, the details to some degree of what the meeting is about. Whatever format that you choose, I recommend that you start your meeting off talking about some achievement that your team or one of your teammates has accomplished. So we want to start the meeting off with a win. There's going to be things throughout this meeting that you're going to talk about probably that are um, potentially critical or you're going to look at some critical things. And it's a great idea to start the meeting off on a, on a high note. You know, set the tone that your team or the people that are in that room, they're winners. And, you know, they can they can win and they can solve problems and they can do great things. And so if you talk about just for a, a few minutes on the front end, talk about some achievements that, um, you know, you can you can make it a brag session on the team uh, on the front of the meeting. And additionally, on the front of the meeting, we want to um, set some expectations what is the goal of the meeting? And this can happen either before the achievements or after the achievements. It needs to be early on because we want to set the tone of what the meeting is going to be about, what we want to accomplish. And so if we can be specific, we'll give everybody an idea of what the meeting, uh, a, a successful meeting or what the goal of the meeting is going to be. And again, this goes back to you know what I talked about in the beginning. If all we're doing is disseminating information, then what is the goal of the meeting for your meeting attendees to just learn something? No, we want them to collaborate. We want them to get together. We want them to all voice an opinion or to 
uh, be able to uh, contribute in some way. And so we want to set the expectations of what the meeting is to accomplish. Along with those expectations, if you need to, you might want to set some ground rules or some expectations about the conduct within the meeting. And so I'm going to talk about this in a little bit, but distractions is one thing. You know, you might want to set the ground rules on the front end about how you want the people in that meeting to behave when it comes to distractions and sidebar conversations and um, debate uh, and you know things like checking email or uh, looking at their phone or or their laptop or whatever it might be. We'll talk about those distractions in a little bit. But so on the front end, we do want to talk about expectations of the meeting, expectations of how people should. Um, behave within the meeting, and then we're also going to talk about those achievements. The bulk of the meeting is going to talk about whatever the issue is at hand. So whatever we're trying to solve, whatever the issue is that we're trying to solve, why are we having the meeting? That is going to be the bulk of your meeting. And and you're going to spend the bulk of your time talking about that. While you're talking about the issue or the, the problem or the project that you're trying to collaborate on, we want to establish what the outcome is going to be. So what are we trying to accomplish by solving this problem or solving this issue or, uh, or completing this project? We want to make sure that everybody's all headed in the same direction, right? A team that's not headed in the same direction is going to experience a litany of problems uh, that you can avoid by setting the table on the front end in a meeting such as this. So keeping everybody on the same page, uh, keeping everybody headed in the same direction, even when there's a difference of opinion, if we all are going to the same finish line, then oftentimes we can find some common ground, right? So uh, we're going to talk about achievements. We're going to talk about the expectations of the meeting. We're going to talk about the purpose for the meeting, like why are we even here? We're going to discuss the issues. We're going to hash those things out. We're going to talk about them. We're going to brainstorm. We're going to uh, and we'll talk more about the that part of it of issues here in a minute. But uh, and and we're going to talk about what the outcome is, where we all are trying to get to, what the finish line looks like, and then at the very end of the meeting, we want to recap it. Uh, we're just going to take a few minutes at the end to uh, kind of go back over what everyone's assignments are, uh, what the takeaways are, what the uh, deadlines might be if there are some, and so forth. And so when you're looking for a format for a meeting, you want to try to incorporate those things at least into your meeting. Now, there may be some other things that you do, but those are the big things that I recommend that you put into your meeting agenda. And you want to really, again, let me uh, stress that you want to keep it simple, okay? Uh, you want it to be something that's productive and simple and easy to follow and it doesn't need to be something that is, you know, rocket science. We want to keep it something that's extremely productive. And along the lines of productivity, this agenda that you create needs to be sent out with enough time in advance where people can review it, uh, potentially ask questions if something about the agenda is unclear. Now, we don't want to start covering information that is going to be covered in the meeting, but if something about your agenda is unclear, uh, we want to try to clear that up before the meeting. And then if there's anything that people need to do to prepare for the meeting, we want to make sure that they have ample time to do that as well. So don't have a meeting at 10 a.m. and send out the agenda at 9 a.m. You're doing the attendees a disservice by doing that. If you're not able to put together your agenda in a timely fashion, 
then you need to figure out a way to adjust your schedule so that you can do that. You owe it to the attendees of the meeting to get them agenda in a timely manner. Now, that's the agenda from a leader perspective. From an attendee perspective, when you receive an agenda, take the time to look it over and see if you have any immediate questions. If there's something that's not clear, um, look and see if there's anything that you need to do to prepare. So the worst thing that you can do is show up to the meeting with an agenda that was asking you to bring something in preparation and you didn't do what you were asked to do, so you come unprepared for the meeting. So always take a look at that agenda when you get it. Make sure there's nothing that you need to do in advance of the meeting so that when you do get together that that time of collaboration is well spent. So that kind of wraps up the agenda piece. That was number two. So number three, throughout the meeting, it's a great idea to have somebody that's going to be a note taker. Now, this shouldn't be you, the leader, because you're going to be busy you know, uh, facilitating the meeting. You're going to be busy leading the discussions, if you will, asking the questions and soliciting information. But somebody in the room should be the note taker, and that person's job is going to be very important because they're going to be the ones that at the end, they're going to uh, give us a recap of who's responsible for what, and they're also going to be the ones that likely will uh, put together some meeting minutes or a recap of the meeting and send it out to the attendees. So it's very important that you have somebody that will take notes in the meeting. If you're like me, um, I oftentimes will forget you know, all of the conversation that was said in a meeting. And this is ideal to be able to keep everything on track and keep the productivity at a high level. You're, you're spending time in this meeting. There's no telling how much salary uh, and hourly wage is tied up in you getting your whole team together for a meeting. The worst thing that you can do is to not uh, document and not uh, capture all the things that were uh, discussed and accomplished and decided upon in the meeting. And the notes don't have to be so detailed that it you know talks about who said what. But we do want to make sure that we're capturing the to-dos. We want to make sure that we capture decisions that were made or um, directions of a particular project or something like that. So the main points need to be captured in the notes and the, the to-dos and follow-ups and the takeaways also need to be in there. Now, that's from a leader perspective to make sure that you have somebody taking notes. If you are an attendee, then you should be taking notes, right? So you need to be actively participating and by taking notes in a meeting. There's nothing that gets under my skin more than uh, when I attend a meeting and someone uh, comes without anything to take notes with, with, uh, you know, with no intention of writing anything down uh, to follow up on later. And so it's important that you come ready to participate in the meeting and you come ready to take notes and even if you end up not writing anything down, you're ready to do that. Or even if you only write down a few things, you're ready. And you're, and you're also giving the appearance that you are engaged in the meeting. And, and furthermore, when you take notes, it makes it uh, less likely that you're going to be distracted and be thinking about other things during the meeting. So from a from notes perspective, we want to have a note taker and and then we also from an attendee perspective, we want to be taking notes. So that's number three. Number four, uh, from a leader perspective, be sure you put a time limit on the meeting, uh, whether that is you know 30 minutes or an hour. Uh, think about the the length of time that 
people are productive when they're sitting in their chair. The longer that you have people sitting there, the less productive they're going to be. So you want to try to get the meeting handled in as little time as possible. There's a principle or a rule of thumb, and it actually has a name, but I can't remember it. But it says something like, the time it takes to do a job is directly related related to the amount of time that is allowed to do the job. So in essence, what we're saying is the longer that you give someone to do something, they're going to take that entire time. Most people, whether it's subconscious or not, if you give them an hour to complete a task, they're going to, in their mind, work out how they can get that task done within the hour. But if you were to give them that same task and say they had 40 minutes to complete it, then they're going to try to figure out how to get that done in 40 minutes. And so the same thing goes with a meeting. You know, if we have an expectations that's set on the front end and we say, all right, we have 30 minutes to make a decision on this particular topic, then everybody in the room knows we've got to get this thing done in 30 minutes versus if we said, okay, we have an, we have an hour and a half and we've got to get a decision made on this. The hour and a half time frame is going to be much more loose and it's going to be used for a lot more sidebar conversation or fluff or rabbit holes or if you uh, if you define a time limit and say we've got to be done in this amount of time then it forces conversation and decision and less extraneous information to be shared and it's important to start your meeting on time and to end on time i read a book one time where there was a penalty for being late to a meeting. It was like $10 for every minute that you were late for a meeting. And th- the point was that it was so important to be on time. It shows everybody else in the room that you value their time, particularly if you're the leader. If you're late as a leader, you are telling your employees or your staff or the attendees that their time does not matter, that your time is more important than their time. And that's simply the wrong message that you want to send. So, Uh, be on time. What do the Marines say? If you're on time, you're late. If you're 10 minutes early, you're on time, something like that. If you're on time every time and you start your meeting on time, you're showing your people that you value their time. And then end meeting on time. Look, your people probably have things that are scheduled throughout the day and you need to end the meeting when you say you're going to end it. So allow for the appropriate amount of time. You're going to have to think in advance when you're preparing your agenda, how long will it take to potentially discuss this topic. And and then at that point, you're going to want to make sure that the uh, meeting stays on track and your note taker will help to do that because in your agenda, uh, when you talk about the different topics that you're going to discuss, you should put maybe just a little time frame out there. Like, you know, we're going to talk about this new project and we're going to allot 10 minutes for that. We'll stay on track for that, you know. Uh, have, have your note taker say, okay, we're five minutes into the discussion that that was supposed to take 10 minutes, so we're about halfway through. And that keeps everybody moving in the right direction. Now, um, what happens if you end your meeting, you're done with the conversation, you're done, you've made a decision, you've wrapped it up, you've gone through your agenda, and you've recapped, and there's still time left that you allotted for the meeting. What do you do? Well, you just let everybody go. I mean, nobody ever complained about having a meeting that ended early. So uh, respect everyone in the room's time. And if you finish early, awesome. End the meeting and let everybody go back to doing their thing. So that was number four. Set a time limit. Don't spend useless time at the end of the meeting just talking. Let the meeting be over and let everyone go back to doing their thing. So that was number four, time limits. 
Number five, let's talk about distractions. So distractions can come in all different kinds of forms in a meeting, right? You can have distractions from sidebar conversations, which is very common in meetings, especially, uh, you know, depending on the number of people that you have in the meeting. And, and let me add this real quickly about the number of people that we have in the meeting. This just came to mind is don't have any more people in the meeting than is absolutely necessary. If everyone in the meeting is not participating in some form or fashion, they probably don't need to be there. So if there's people that are uh, not participating, if they don't have anything to add, if they're not part of the collaboration, then they probably don't need to be in the meeting. But distractions such as sidebar conversations, those need to be cut out completely. No sidebar conversations should be allowed in the meeting. And sidebar conversations do a number of things, but one, they uh, can distract from the conversation that's going on. You can't have two conversations going on in the same meeting and expect everyone to be concentrating on what's going on. Uh, and number two, they they take away from some of our mental capacity. So I can't listen to the meeting that's going on and have a conversation with the person that's sitting next to me. So it's disrespectful to the meeting leader. It's disrespectful to the people that are in the room with you. And so we want to limit those distractions of sidebar conversations. Just cut them out. And you can set that expectation on the front end. Another distraction that we uh, want to eliminate is the use of cell phones or laptops or iPads that aren't necessary for the meeting, right? So look, you're spending time, and I talked about the, you know, the amount of salary or hourly wage that's being tied up in this meeting. The last thing you want your people to do is to be checking email and communicating and texting and, you know, all these surfing the internet, checking Facebook or whatever it is, you know, set the expectation on the front end that any sort of um, phone use or um, uh, laptop or whatever they may be doing, make sure that that is meeting appropriate. So if I have to look something up for my meeting for a conversation that we're having, that's fine. But checking my email continually throughout the meeting is probably not the best idea. If your meeting is going to be long, you know, if you're going to go longer than an hour, um, or if you have some some people that are in the meeting that they have mission critical positions where where they must know what's going on at all times, that may be a different story. But if your meeting is going to run long, take a break, you know, throughout the meeting at an hour. If you're going to go two hours in a meeting at an hour, take a five minute break and say, hey, we're going to take a quick break. You can check your email, make sure you don't have anything urgent that's outstanding. And then we'll be back in about five minutes. So that's a great way to allow people to stay connected if they have to, uh, but not be engaged in the distractions of using their devices throughout the meeting. I mean, how many times have you been in a meeting and the people that are in the meeting are nowhere even mentally engaged with what's going on? And oftentimes it's because they've got their phone in their hand, their mental capacity is diminished because they're thinking about two things at one time, what's going on in the meeting and what's going on on their laptop or their phone or their iPad. You, you understand where I'm going with this. We want to make sure that the distractions of these devices is limited. This may seem like uh, not a big deal, but another distraction is the environment. Can you do things in the environment to make it not a distraction to the people? Can you make the temperature comfortable? Can you make the lighting comfortable? If the sun's shining through the windows, can you you know pull the blinds so that it's not shining in somebody's face? What can you do to make the environment conducive so that there's no distractions? And you kind of get the idea where I'm going with distractions, but you know these distractions will be there that I, I can tell you that you're going to experience distractions in your meetings if 
you don't set the expectation on the front end. So distractions, that was number five. Number six, and this is important, but we want to have an environment or a culture where we allow for some debate. And you've heard me talk about this in previous podcasts. Some people call it arguing. I like to call it debate. But we want to have an environment where that is okay, where it's all right to question or disagree throughout the course of a conversation. This goes back to the whole purpose for you having the meeting to start with. Are you just disseminating information or are you really wanting to solicit the opinion and the ideas and the experience of the people in the room? And if you are, then you ought to recognize that you don't always have the right answer and that you're going to come up with the best direction or answer or ideas by allowing everybody in the room to have a voice. But the problem that we often see in meetings is that you have somebody who is leading the meeting and it's really only their idea that they want heard. And they're not really interested in anybody dissenting. But that doesn't end up getting you the best idea or the best outcome in the long run. So as a leader, set the expectation on the front end. And you might have to physically say this until it becomes sort of common culture or known in your meetings. You might have to actually say, look, I want to encourage debate. Like if you don't agree with what I'm saying, that's okay. I want you to voice that opinion and let me know or let the group know that you don't agree. And let's talk about it because I don't always have the right answer. And I want to hear what you have to say. When you do that, you've got to be able to follow through on it. You've got to have some thick skin. You can't say, I want to allow debate. And then when someone disagrees with you, you get your feelings hurt. Because the next time that someone has a thought that's contrary to yours, they're going to determine whether they want to voice that opinion based on how you treated the last person that disagreed with you. And if you jumped on that person or you dismissed their opinion or you belittled them or you criticized them in front of everybody in the group, then you, you've just poured cold water on you know, a kindling fire of good ideas and you're just not going to get any you know, moving forward. So uh, allow debate, but then really allow it and set the expectation on the front end. Again, you may have to tell people that that is the culture or the um, you know, the environment that you want to have is one where people can speak freely, respectfully, of course, uh, but always uh, allow dissenting opinions and new ideas to be brought to the table. Everybody that's in that meeting should be able to bring an idea or a thought to the table. And if they can't, then why are they even in the meeting to start with, right? So that was number six, allow debate. Number seven, elicit questions. And this kind of goes with what we just talked about, but you don't have all the answers, Right, So the people in the room are there, you've got them there because of their expertise. Oftentimes, the people that uh, you, you are bringing to a meeting often are the subject matter experts. They know things about the front line that you might not even know. And so elicit questions. Ask questions that's going to uh, spawn a conversation. If there's people in the room that you know, may not be volunteering information or they may be quiet or they may be withdrawn a little bit. You might have to even ask them a direct question. Hey, Johnny, uh, what do you think about X, Y, Z? And sometimes it's the quiet ones in the room that have the best ideas. And if you have people that are afraid to answer, afraid to speak up, 
it might be a good idea for you to do some self-reflection and to think back on how you respond to people when they voice opinions or ideas, or you may be shutting people down and not even realize it. So elicit questions. Try to get information from the people that are in the room. Uh, That was number seven. Number eight, uh, and this goes with elicit questions, but give your opinion last. So if you're the leader of the meeting, then give your opinion last. Wait for everybody else to to share their ideas and, and, and to provide their input and their thoughts and their opinions, and then you provide yours last. Don't let your opinion or your direction hinder or influence the conversation so that you don't get a variety of opinions and thoughts. So if you can, save your information to last. Now that was number eight, so um, you share your information last. That's number eight. And now number nine, we want to make sure that after the meeting's over, and uh, the notes have been taken, the person who you had charged with taking notes, they're going to recap the meeting with their notes, or maybe they give that to you and you recap the meeting, but somebody recaps this meeting, they put it into a format that can be sent back out to everyone, and at the top of the meeting recap, which sometimes is the agenda with some more information added to it, will be all of the action items or takeaways from the meeting. Uh, If there's deadlines associated with those, you want to make sure that those are um, listed in there as well. And you want to make sure you have listed who the owner of that task is and try to keep the owner to one person. So that allows you to hold one person responsible for uh, whatever that task is instead of having two people and they both say, well, I thought they were going to do it. And the other person says, I thought they were going to do it. If you have one owner, you don't have to worry about it. This document will also be what you start the next meeting with if there's a follow-up meeting to this one. And so as we do a follow-up meeting, we would pull this document out and we would say, okay, here are the deadlines or here are the tasks that we all agreed we would accomplish, uh, that we agreed in the recap of our meeting we would accomplish. And so where are we on all these things? And everybody can give an update and talk about where they are on their particular project or whatever it is that they owned. Um, And, you know, backing up to just the recap of the meeting. So you know, after you've talked about all the issues and your note taker then recaps the meeting, this is during the meeting, make sure the people that are tasked with projects are given a deadline so that there is clear expectations of when things should be done and there's no confusion down the road. So that was number nine, follow up with meeting notes and expectations. And so for number 10, I'm just going to end the list of practical things that you can do to make your meetings better or walk away from a meeting uh, having made it more productive as an attendee. The last thing I would say, number 10, is to have fun. Make the meeting enjoyable. Meetings don't have to be drudgery. Meetings should be about collaboration. They should be about progress, and they should be about looking forward to doing something great or, or better or improvement or solving a problem or come up and coming up with solutions and so have fun make them enjoyable it's okay to enjoy a meeting that's one of the things that i think we fail so miserably on is people think about i've got to go to a meeting and they you know their whole countenance just falls because that's what we know of meetings but it's okay to make them fun it's okay to enjoy the progress and the brainstorming and the collaboration and all that that should be part of the meeting And that's all part of your job as a leader 
to help foster an environment like that. It's also part of your job as an attendee to help the leader uh, with maintaining that type of environment. If you're the one that's being distracting or having sidebar conversations, you're not helping the leader to provide the best uh, meeting environment that they can. So you do your part, the meeting leader does their part, and hopefully collectively you can have a meeting that uh, is a positive, productive, and needful part of the organization. Meetings are essential for the success of an organization. I've heard people say before that meetings aren't necessary, and I totally disagree with that. Bad meetings are not necessary, but meetings Good meetings, collaborative meetings are essential to the success of an organization. And I hope that today I've given you some practical takeaways that you can go back, maybe listen to this with your team. Maybe you uh, listen to this with your uh, meeting leader. Maybe you find a way to incorporate this into some team training. Sometimes it's hard to say these things or to share this information with a leader. But let me be the bad guy. So say say to your meeting leader, hey, I've got something that I think will be beneficial to everybody that is attending our meeting. Could we take, uh, how long have we been going today? About 30 minutes. So, hey, can we have 30 minutes of our team and just listen to this podcast on holding effective meetings as a leader and being an effective attendee in a meeting? And who knows? Uh, it might just improve the meetings that you hold and the ones that you go to. So I hope this has been good for you today. It's some practical advice. It's some play-by-play, which is what I always want to provide. Well, that's going to be it for me. That's going to wrap it up. You got questions, got comments, I'd love to hear from you. Our contact information is in the description of our podcast. And, of course, you can always find me on all social media, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. Thanks for listening to Play-by-Play. And, as always... I hope that something we said today helps you become a better version of yourself. I am Jam and Jamie, and I hope you have a fabulous day.